Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online's your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds. And today on the pod, I'm super excited uh, to introduce our guest. She is the 2016 U.S. national champion in pairs and 2018 Four Continents champion as well uh, with her partner, Danny O'Shea. This is Tara Kane. Hey, Tara. (laughs) Hey, Polina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have a pair girl on the show to talk about everything pairs. Yeah, super, super excited to have you today. (laughs) Yeah, happy to be here. You competed in single skating, right, uh, before you switched to pairs. Um, So you, what levels did you go up to in singles before you switched into pair skating? I did compete in single skating, but um, (laughs) not really in a way. (laughs) I never felt like I was a very serious single skater. Mm -hmm. I competed up to junior and I made it to sectionals one time. So yes, (laughs) yeah, I made, I made it, you know, um, (laughs) I actually, by the time that I had made it to sectionals, I was just about to quit skating completely. I had gone to my coach, my, who ended up being becoming my pair coach, Jim Peterson, and asked us to take a few pair lessons because I figured it would kind of help me get hired easier for shows. Um, And by that point in time, I was in high school and I had, I wasn't taking skating very seriously. I, I was um, like in the theater program in my school, I was skating just maybe like an hour a day. I really was I was like phasing out of skating I you know wasn't getting the jumps I needed to be a single skater I was very realistic about my my opportunities in skating and I figured it really wasn't going to turn into a career for me because I I saw what the other girls were doing and I wasn't doing that at my age so um I asked for some pair lessons figured I would learn some lifts and smack it on my resume and hope that I could do some shows and then go mm-hmm. to college. Amazing. What jumps did you get up to in single skating? Um, I had a double axle, a triple toe and like a shaky, sometimes they're triple toe. <laughs> but no, like to have axle and uh, triples is, is really good for pairs, right? Like that's like the competitive range of pairs typically. Yeah. So, um, you know, being a single skater, I was like, this isn't going to work. I Mm -hmm. am not going to make it. And, um, I think that's kind of, you know, where a lot of people tap out 
they realize that, okay, I don't have all my triples. I'm, you know, I, I'm not making it to nationals. Um, a lot of times I would, I was a really nervous competitor. So I would go to regionals and I would be like, you know, landing my jumps in practice. And then I would go to regionals. I'd get really, really nervous and I would just fall apart. So, um, I just, you know, had just decided to kind of phase out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it is, those are good skills for pairs, not mm-hmm. so much for singles, you know, that's mm-hmm. the baseline of what, like a juvenile skater needs as a single skater. These, these days, these, these days, days. <laughs> yeah, these days. Um, but for pairs, you know, I think my coach looked at me and saw untapped potential. So mm-hmm. when I was like, I just want to learn some lifts. So maybe, you know, I can get cast as Cinderella or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh, exciting. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, who knows? Um, and he looked at me and he was like, all right, sure. Yeah. Let's give you some lessons. I started taking lessons with um, Mark Ladwig actually, who oh, cool. it was amazing that that was kind of like an hour and a half from my house that I had this like Olympic coach and these Olympic skaters. So I started taking lessons with Mark Ladwig and Jeremy Barrett. And, um, I ended up learning some throws. I landed the first third triple sow I ever tried. So that's when my coach was like, Hey, um, have you thought of competing pairs? And I was kind of up for anything, you know, cause I really was liking what I was doing. So I was like, okay, sure. Um, and he was like, yeah, let's try to get you a partner. That's amazing. And then you ended up partnering with Danny in 2012, right? I did. Yeah. Um, so at that point in time, that was a, my last year skating junior. Um, my coach would not let me quit skating singles when I was looking for a partner. <laughs> he forced me into it and he was like, no, you have to keep up your single skills and you have to keep competing. And I was like miserable doing it. I did not <laughs> want to keep skating. I hated skating by myself. So I skated my last year of juniors, finally made it to sectionals because I was finally actually training like a real skater. Um, beforehand I was skating at a very low level rank and I don't think I ever really did a full run through of my program, which is why I say I was a single skater, but not really. Um, <laughs> I was like a, a recreational skater. So I went very quickly from like a recreational skater, just kind of like playing with my friends to mm-hmm. suddenly I had this Olympic coach and he was like forcing me to do run throughs and, um, I was doing throw triples and, it just kind of like fell into my lap. I was super lucky. Um, he tried to part, he tried to pair me with Danny right away. And Danny, um, passed on that offer. (laughs) No Uh, way. Yeah. Yeah. He was not, he was not into that. He was actually looking for a girl who had all of her triples. So, um, he ended up pairing with, uh, a different girl who Mm -hmm. hit his parents were more because his parents, I think at that point in time, were making a lot of his skating decisions for him. So um, he was he found a girl who had up through triple lutz and they were hoping to do like do all of those jumps side by side. So mm-hmm. he passed on skating with me. I skated that last year by myself and um, that partnership ended up not working out. So second time around, he he ended up pairing with me. The long game. The, the long game. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's actually super smart that you were continuing in singles at the time though, even though you hated it clearly, um, just to practice being under adrenaline and competition, right? Like 
keeping up the single skill is obviously important, but even the process of competing, like I know when you take a little bit of time off of competing, like coming back to that stress stage is really hard if you take a break. Yeah, absolutely. And as much as I thought at the time, I was like, oh, I skate. Yeah, I can do this. I had no idea what real training was like. Um, I had a low level singles coach who I don't, I'm very lucky that I ended up getting a double axle, um, which is probably why I have weird technique, but, <laughs> um, but I'm really glad that I had that year to train under a high, higher level coach because I don't think I would have been prepared mentally to go into it at a high level. Mm-hmm. So once you started skating with, uh, Danny, you guys were skating in Florida with Jim Peterson, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, what was like that process of all of a sudden going into pair skating full-time trying to compete, um, like that very season qualifying for nationals, all of that stuff, uh, going from your experiences being a little bit more easygoing and single skating to all of a sudden having that competitive route, was it a hard switch mentally to do, or was it something that you found naturally, uh, really suited you in the partnership? It was definitely a hard switch. Um, it was difficult because it's not like you're, you were going from, oh, I'm just taking things really light and easy to suddenly I'm going to be going like gung ho because I was learning an entire new discipline. Mm -hmm. So I was learning all of these new skills that as a single skater, there's really no comparison. I mean, yeah, a jump is similar to a throw, but nothing is similar to a twist and nothing Mm -hmm. is really similar to a death spiral. So I was learning all of those things at the senior level. So I didn't really have a good, like a nice, easy route to that. It was just, okay, here's how you do a lift. And now here's how you do a level four lift at the senior level. So it was, um, it was really difficult. And Danny has a really, really hard work ethic. So um, we didn't really have a lot of, you know, easy sessions as much as, you know, it would have maybe made the process Mm -hmm. easier. We were working really hard. We were doing like full programs every single day. Um, So it was like, welcome to pair skating. And now you're going to be like a top level senior pair skater. So it was, yeah, it was hard. Yeah. Did you guys go right into senior um, when you first started skating together? I started pairs and we, ha- I had to take, at the time you still had to take all of your pair tests. I know now I think it's different. You can just like test up, but I remember us like cementing our partnership, like saying we were going to skate together. And then the first thing we had to do was I had to test up through senior. So I had to like, as I was learning the elements I was also having to make sure I could test the elements and pass through senior. And I did up through junior in one day. And then I took the senior pair test like a few weeks later. Wow. That's crazy. It's just a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. You, you mentioned that single skating, like you didn't really enjoy the hard process of that being alone. Um, So how did you feel switching to skating with a partner every day and having to build that trust between each other to skate so closely together? Cause I know like I, I did, um, some ice dance when I was younger in terms of learning my tests and just skating with my instructor 
doing pattern dances, it felt so scary to me having our blades be close together. And that's something I know about myself is like, I just can't trust skating next to somebody. But obviously when you work with a partner, that trust really has to be there so that you don't even think about it. Um, So did you go into that kind of naturally or was that also something that you had to build over time? It was super natural for me, honestly, but I think it was easier to trust Danny right away because I first started with Mark and Jeremy who were really accomplished. So there was never a time when I was first learning with Mark that I was like, oh, I don't think this guy knows what he's doing. Like I always trusted him. I was like, oh my God, he's so good. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. (laughs) You know, there was never a time where I, I was concerned. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, even when I started with Danny, I just knew that for it to work out, I had to trust him because if I was scared, it, I wasn't going to be able to do my job. And, um, then I was going to mess up and I couldn't be messing up my part because it was going to make his part harder. And that was kind of drilled into me as well by Jim Peterson is like, I had to trust him. So I just kind of right away, I was like, okay, like I, I trust you. And this is, this sounds ridiculous, but there was, I remember this one moment, like right when Danny and I first started skating together, he was like, you have to trust me. And I was like, okay. So he took a pencil or like a pen or something and he put it like, he slowly put it like right, like centimeters from my eye. And he was like, do you trust me? And I was like, yeah. And he kept going until it was like right, right next to my eyeball. And he was like, okay, like just making sure you trust me. And that sounds crazy, but it was just like, I had to force myself to like trust this random guy that I kind of just met. And um, yeah, there wasn't really a time that I was like nervous or scared. And even now when I skate with somebody that I'm teaching or somebody new for a show, I try to get back into that where I'm like, okay, if, if I'm concerned about this guy, then it's not going to go well because he's going to feel that. Mm -hmm. So I always, I always try to be completely trusting of everyone I'm skating with. Yeah. I mean, sounds important for (laughs) partner skating in general. I, obviously having the right partner dynamic too is extremely important when you're not only picking a partner, but then in order to have longevity with each other in a career. Um, so I guess what was your experience with Danny in that regard? It seems like you guys had a great partnership together for a lot of years and success with each other. Um, so for girls who are looking for pair partners, what types of qualities should they be looking for in finding a male partner on the ice? Um, that's, it's, it's hard when you can't know everything about somebody. It's, it's a lot like going on a date with somebody and being like, okay, do I want to commit to this person for years, possibly the rest of my career? It's, Mm -hmm. there's no way to know, because especially when you're having a tryout with somebody, they're going to be hopefully putting on their best face. Mm -hmm. their best foot forward so if you have a tryout with somebody it's usually a few days sometimes you get a week or two um and they're on their best behavior they're going to be super nice to you so it's difficult to judge somebody who you're going to see them at their absolute worst and in the most stressful situations possible um so as far as looking for a partner you want to find somebody who's very compassionate and somebody who's patient 
And I think those are the qualities that if I was looking for somebody now, I would be trying to find someone who is patient because I'm a slow learner. I know that about myself. And I think that's something that often caused a lot of difficulties between Danny and I is he picks things up really quickly. He's super smart and I'm a slow learner. I pick up choreography a little slower than he does. And it would often cause a lot of frustration for him that he was always kind of waiting on me to um, like pick up our choreography, new footwork and things like that, because he was just so quick. And Mm -hmm. it was, um, I just learned differently than he did. Um, And that was often just, uh, just caused problems between us. Um, As far as our partnership, like it was great at times we were really good friends. And at other times we were probably fighting louder than anybody you know, in the ring. (laughs) So, um, I think that's just super common with pair teams in general, Mm -hmm. but I think patience is the biggest thing between partners is at the end of the day, it's we, not I, it's, we messed up the element, not I messed up the element or he messed up the element. We put down the lift, not he put down the lift. Um, that's, you know, was taught to me right away. So, Mm patience and understanding is if, you know, I'm injured, it affects him. If he's injured, it affects me. So at the end of the day, it's, it's really a team, a, a team sport. So, mm-hmm. and also somebody you can get along with because you're with them so much. So um, if you're, if you're right away, you're like, God, I can't stand this guy. Like don't partner with him. <laughs> how good he is. <laughs> that's funny. No, that's, that's a lot of really good uh, insight. I think, especially uh, the team aspect of it, because a lot of sports can feel very individualistic and a lot of sports, um, even within the team, people can take a lot of pressure on themselves, um, or on their partners or other teammates. And so, uh, to have that we perspective is really important, um, to kind of ease everything and, uh, um, have the right headspace throughout working together. I feel like, so it's awesome. I know that there's also dangerous elements in pairs that I am saying dangerous because they look really scary, um, you know, and that's a learning curve too. So did you ever feel any fear when you were learning things like throws or the twists or anything, or was that something that you found really exciting and you just went for? I was never super scared about throws um, because they are one of the elements that are more similar to single skating. So if you're kind of used to jumping and falling, throws are jumping and falling. Um, twist really got me though. Twist is not my element. It never has been. There's just, it is not for me. <laughs> um, sometimes I would be skating into it and I would have this like, which is like the worst thing to think about is, I don't know if this ever happened to you at all when you're skating into a jump and you think in the back of your head and you're like, I could die. And then I would have to stop. I would like, I would be like, stop, 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 stop. And Danny would be like, what? And I'd be like, we just, let's go back. Let's go around again. Sorry. I just, um, sorry. I just, I need to go around again. I need to try again. But I would, yeah, I would have this like quick thought of just like, this could go terribly wrong and I could fall on my head and die. And I would have to be like, I can't think that way. Um, but yeah, it just, it was a really hard element for me to learn. We never really got it going well. Uh, and it was just weird. It's weird because in every other jump, you want to rotate over your axis and in twist, you're like, <laughs> like if, if you're 
rotating like this in a jump, like it's going to be bad. You're not. Yeah. It's you don't scary. Like this. Yeah. Like if you're in the air and you're like this, you're going to die. So <laughs> suddenly in twist, they're like, yeah, you should be like this. And my body hated that feeling. The tilt. So yeah. It, it just wasn't comfortable. It wasn't natural for me. Um, and I would always rush my twist really aggressively because, because I wanted to like get out, get it over with, I think. Um, and I had a lot of like scary accidents. So I just was not my element. Yeah. I, I can tell you right now, I don't think that would be my element either based off of the feeling of <laughs> that 40, that kind of like 45 degree angle sort of. Yeah, I mean, some people are like not... straight, straight like this. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stay vertical. There's no need to go horizontal. It's just not. It's not it's for a little you. too scary. Yeah. Something that's are just awesome. for you and that's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it seems like it didn't take too much time to become super successful in Paris for you guys because you started uh, in 2012 and then by um, 2015, you guys were already on the podium at nationals and then 2016 national champions for us pairs. So can you speak a little bit on that timeline um, and whether or not that felt like a short or a long time for you guys? I know four years is a long time theoretically, but in the, the grand scheme of an entire skating career from when you start, it it's pretty quick thinking about it. Yeah. Thinking back, I guess it does seem like on paper, it seems quick for mm-hmm. me. It seemed like a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like I should have made that progress sooner, I guess, while I was doing it. I, um, I saw a lot of opportunities that I had like just barely missed where, you know, I still think back and I'm like, well, if I just landed that, or if I had just done that, or if, you know, this had been a level higher, we could have succeeded quicker. So, um, I think I'm really quick to discount my own success, but, um, it, it is on paper, a, a quick moving (laughs) thing. Um, yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Um, well, yeah, becoming national champion in 2016, what, what did it feel like when you guys finally reached the top in that manner? And, um, was there a different approach you guys had to seasons moving forward or was it more of the same, you know, like I want to reach the top again? Um, Cause you know, there's that saying it's hard to get to the top and harder to stay there. Um, and so most people have some type of mental switch of like how they want to stay there. And so I guess, what did you guys experience when you finally reached that gold medal? I feel like after we won, because it was almost a little, unexpected mm-hmm. it was very disjointed afterwards unfortunately like I feel like there was not a good game plan with us or our team of like what to do afterwards um it, I think it would have been different if we went into that nationals being like oh there's a really good chance we're gonna win so you know here's the the plan for afterwards the next year was just super like everything was just very disjointed and um it ended up being a f- very turbulent season because I ended up becoming really injured and ended up ultimately seeking knee surgery after that. So Mm -hmm. like, like you said, harder to get to the top, harder to stay. There was no like possibility to stay on top after that because uh, we ended up withdrawing from nationals the next season because of my knee surgery. So. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I withdrew from that nationals too. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what? All Relatable. Around, all around, not a great nationals for either of us. I mean, yeah. Well, we weren't there, so <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't our year. That's fine. No. <laughs> nope. Super funny. Um, well, yeah, you have faced several injuries within your pair skating career. Um, so looking back, do you think that there's ways that you could have avoided those injuries? Or if not, like, what was the recovery process like for you during each injury recovery? Because I only had one big one, but that it, it was the worst, honestly, to go through the recovery process. So yeah, yeah I'm curious. Looking back, I do feel like if I had the knowledge I had now, or I have now, I think there are things that I could have done to avoid them. Um, especially at the start of my career, when I first started Paris, I was also working a lot to afford to skate. So I would go into the rink, I would practice, I would, you know, go in early, I would do my whole day workout, and then I would immediately leave the rink and go work at an Italian restaurant being a waitress. Um, so my actual like recovery time for my body was like little to none. Um, so I think that was part of why I ended up getting my first injury. I just was kind of like, I don't know, like burning the, there's something like burning the um, stick from both ends, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was never resting my body. I was never giving myself and I wasn't like giving myself proper like protein or anything nutrition was not there I was basically just like constantly working um so I think that's probably why I got my first injury after mm -hmm. that I was like, doing a little bit better with recovery but I don't think I ever fully recovered from my first injury which is why I led it led to my second mm -hmm. um I didn't want to take off that nationals in 2015 I just, I was like, I'm going to get back no matter what. And I did. And that's great. But I think if, um, if anyone had just stopped me and like forced me to fully recover, I think I would have ended up becoming much more successful in the future. And my body would have thanked me for that instead of constantly breaking down. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as how my recoveries were terrible, my, my knee surgery was the worst thing I could have ever gone through. Um, I had, which is something I don't even, I didn't even know that they did. I had a pain pump in my stomach. Huh. Like it was attached in my stomach and it was on a little backpack that I had. Like, I don't even know if I'm describing this right, but okay. So they had like a, like a pain pump, like medication that was like in my stomach with like little needles. And then it was attached. I had a little backpack that I would like wear. And then if I was in too much pain, I would like press a button and this pain pump that was attached to my stomach would like pump me full of medication. It was crazy. Um, That's crazy. And then I couldn't eat solid food for like two months because of the anesthetic that I was under for the knee surgery. It was horrendous. Um, I can't even imagine going through it again, honestly. That's nuts. I mean, just to even go through surgery in general, but then, you know, have that on top of that. That's there's a lot, there's a lot of flying parts there, um, obviously, which is rough when you're so busy. Like you were saying, your schedule was just packed to the brim in general. 
that's, that's a lot, but I totally relate to the, um, if you had taken time off and really healed everything and then came back and didn't rush the process, um, you could have avoided like stuff that happened later. I a hundred percent had that as well, where I came back too early and then I had gotten re-injured and then even longer recovery. And it just, it dragged out the process so much longer, uh, which is such an issue for athletes in general, because we all have that I don't want to miss out. I don't want to take time off. You know, I want to be moving up from where I am, not like at a standstill. Um, but it's, it's so, so important to take the proper time, uh, because then you're just going to be taking longer down the line. Yeah. I had this feeling that because somebody depended on me, you know, Danny was my partner. So if I'm out, he's out and I didn't want him to, I just didn't think it was fair to him. So I tried to get back on the ice as fast as possible. I didn't want him to have to sit out of nationals. So I tried to get back in time and, you know, it's not like he ever forced me to do that. I just felt like, you know, it it wasn't fair. Mm -hmm. So, um, I didn't want everyone to pass us by. So I forced myself to go faster and I wish somebody looking back at it, I wish somebody had stopped me. Yeah. That's tough. I feel like that's a super universal experience for um, a lot of pairs and ice dancers when they're going through injury, but also just in general, any athlete that gets injured, you know, it's just, you want to get back out there. So it's, it's a hard thing to have to go through. And then always looking back, you're like, well, you always have a clear picture because you're actually zoomed out. But when you're super zoomed in, it just, it's fuzzy. (laughs) sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously skating has a really big mental side to competing, to training, um, everything as does every sport. But when you're out there alone on the ice and you have that one shot, it's, it's really important to not only be physically prepared, but mentally be prepared to own your moment. Um, so what was your experience like dealing with like mental training and mental strength for skating and, um, if you had challenges with that, how did you try to work through those? Um, well, I did see like a sports psychologist. I think a lot of skaters do, and that was super helpful for me. But like I said, I was a very nervous competitor, um, which definitely helped having a partner there. But um, yeah, I remember just absolutely falling apart before I competed, just thinking there's no way I can do this. I don't even remember how to skate. I would get on the planes before competition and be like I do not remember how to skate like I don't remember how to do anything (laughs) they're gonna send me all the way to China or wherever I was going and I'm gonna get off this plane and they're gonna realize that I don't know what I'm doing and I always felt like such a fraud every time I was like I am with all of these amazing skaters and I don't know what the hell I'm doing here how am I here and then I would always be sitting in the locker room like toying with this idea that I could just leave Like I could just leave the rink and nobody could stop me. Like I could just walk out. (laughs) Like they can't, like, like, what are they going to do? Arrest me? Like they're they're going (laughs) to force me to do my free skate? No, sir. But I always had this thought process that, you know, Danny's waiting for me. I have to. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I probably would have just left. (laughs) If not. (laughs) Annie because I was terrified 
Um, and I always knew exactly where I was going to go. I was going to go to like the local Applebee's and get like two for one drinks and like boneless wings <laughs> because, because I was so terrified and I just wanted to give myself a treat. Um, That's awesome. Oh my and, God. And in my free skate dress, I was going to do it in the free skate dress because I was scared. Um, so yeah, the mental aspect wasn't really there to be honest. I was a fraud the entire time I competed. And I remember hearing after we skated like Tara Lipinski and Johnny on the, like, I rewatched my 2016 nationals and they were like, the only people who thought they were going to win was them. And I was like, I didn't think I was going to win. I thought maybe, maybe third, maybe (laughs) if I was lucky. So yeah, I, at the end of the day, I'm going to be honest, like Danny O'Shea kept that team together. He was like, he was the strength behind it. And I was super lucky to have him to a point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was always like super grounded and he always was so um, like, he thought we were going to win everything. And I was going to, I was like, you're crazy. But um, yeah, I, I was always really nervous. I was always like terrified. Mm-hmm. So other people listen to this and they also think of doing that. <laughs> I also had fantasies that maybe like a natural disaster would occur and <sighs> like <laughs> lightning would strike the building. All of the lights would go off and they'd be like, oh, you can't skate. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> oh, no. I know it's canceled and then you're like yeah. let's go shopping what else are we gonna do like oh no the yeah. only, like I guess the only person who doesn't have to skate is me <laughs> Oops. that's awesome no I think that's super uh super relatable in the fear like the the nerves where you just you don't want to do it I always also hated competing like on the day of Yeah. And I always felt like there was something pressing on my chest, on my shoulders the whole day. Like I didn't feel light. I felt really heavy. And then, um, you know, you get to the rink, you're on the bus going to the rink, you're warming up, you're tying your skates. I would always be asking myself, like, why do I do this? Like, I hate this feeling. Why do I hate it? I felt the same. But something really strange would happen right when they called my name and I got on the ice. Like it was like somebody flipped a switch and I would become a different person. And I was like, or maybe like my, even my six minute warm up, I was so intensely focused and I was like an absolutely different person. Like every ounce of fear and nervousness were gone. And I was so like hyper-focused and in the zone. Um, and like the, obviously those were the, the times where things went really well. Like the, maybe the times where things weren't going so well and I was distracted. I didn't have that same amount of focus, but the times when, you know, we really nailed everything and I was like doing well, I was so focused and I, there was not any sort of nervousness. There Mm -hmm. was only attack and like attack and technique. Cause I remember Mm -hmm. Jim talking to me and he would just be like, Oh, like, remember your training, remember your, your technique. And that's all there was. There was not any of that self-doubt or worry. So like, it's almost like I had to get all of that out of my system and all of that fear. Like I had to get it out because I needed that, that maybe like what, 15 minutes that you're out there mm-hmm. like between your six minute warm up and your actual mm-hmm. competition like that moment, I had to have that clear mind 
um, and I know maybe this process sounds crazy. Hopefully it's relatable to some people, but <laughs> it was the process. And I went through it every time I would be so scared, so nervous. And then I'd go out there and it was like, like radio silence almost. So mm-hmm. that's how it worked for me. Um, hopefully other people, it's not like that for them, but <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's better that you felt unsettled before stepping on the ice, but once you were out there, you were able to channel in, uh, and get distracted in the concentration, uh, because that some people have the exact opposite where they feel really great. And then they step on and everything goes haywire. Um, so it, that's, that's a good thing that you were experiencing that when you performed well, and you can notice like that was you in the zone. Um, but I think the whole fake it till you make it thing is so real in all aspects of life. <laughs> but I I de- definitely think in, in performing qualities because everybody gets self-doubt and everybody gets anxious about, you know, their abilities when you have that spotlight on you and everybody's going to be watching you in that moment. Uh, but if you, again, tell your mind that you got it, like you're fine, you fake it, even though you think like, oh, this is fake, but everybody thinks I can. So I'm pretending I can too. All of a sudden you're not pretending anymore. You're just doing it. Um, so I feel like that's kind of, at least what I felt when I was competing and things would go well. And it sounds like that sounds similar to you where you would get focused, but the whole partnership thing also, um, it's cool that you had somebody to kind of hold you accountable to that process of competing. Cause like you said, you're like, Oh, if I'm by myself, I'm leaving, I'm going to Applebee's. Yeah. I but- with without him but I knew that like you know we would we would go into like boy and girl locker rooms you'd tie your skates and that's when those thoughts would start rolling but I knew that he would be outside of my locker room waiting for me and we would Mm -hmm. walk the ice together so there wasn't a chance that I was going to let him stand there by himself Mm -hmm. or wait searching for me because I was actually I was at one competition where um this is not a U.S. team. This is an international team. But um, I had heard that um, they were withdrawing because she had the stomach flu. And I asked him, I was like, hey, I hope your partner is okay. I heard she was sick. And he told me that she actually wasn't sick, but she left in the middle of the night. And she put a note underneath his door that she was um, she was upset at how that she skated in the short program. And she was, she was upset about it and she was leaving. And I... Like, right? Insane. That's crazy. I I couldn't imagine doing that to my partner because like if the flip had happened to me, I would be devastated. So Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like having that respect for your partner and um, not wanting to let them down. Yeah, that's great. I think it's it's also cool that it can be another form of like distracting yourself from your own nerves is to put like see your partner acting in such sureness and like drawing that from them. And then, you know, it just... It's nice to not be alone in that moment, obviously. Exactly. And that's also how I felt too. And we'd step on the ice and you just, you're out there. And sometimes they take a long time to call your name because they're like, you know, still doing the scores for the skater before you. And sometimes you're out there like, okay, like (laughs) when's it going to be my turn? And it was just (laughs) nice to be able to talk to him a little bit and just have somebody else out there with me. And I think that's why I was able to have a career because if it was, if I was a single skater, I don't think I would have had the right personality for it, mm-hmm. but para skating was different for me just because I had that camaraderie of having a partner. 
Mm -hmm. That's awesome. If you could give one piece of advice to skaters that are thinking about joining pair skating or are currently pair skaters, what would it be? Yeah. Um, well, I, I definitely want to say, make sure you surround yourself with a, a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure they have your best interests in mind. Also concerning your partner, make sure you have, make sure you have a good partner. doesn't have anything to do with skill. I mean, that's very important, obviously, but, um, just with everything in figure skating, um, not everybody has your best interests in heart. And it's important, especially with pairs and with pair girls, that um, people are watching out for you and you have to watch out for yourself too. So um, a lot of people are going to try to lead you in certain directions and you just have to be smart and um, make sure that whatever direction they're leading you is in the right one. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's not too cryptic, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's actually, that's, great advice, especially for, you know, parents too, that are putting their kids into skating because, um, and pair skating and ice dance and whatever types of avenues they want to go. But you learn so much more than just the skills. Like you were saying, you you're learning life skills, you're learning people skills, social skills, um, competitor skills, success skills. There's just so many different things that you are intaking. And especially if there's a long period of time that you're devoted to that. And it's, it's usually a majority of, uh, your time in general, because you're devoting and sacrificing so much for the career for however many years you're doing it. Um, you're, you're going to end up taking a lot more than just the moves that you learned on the ice. And so it is important to have a really positive environment around you that you're learning. Um, you're learning things that contribute to yourself in a growing way rather than like a destruction way, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, you retired at the end of 2020. Um, So what made you come to the decision to retire and how was the retirement process for you? So I've talked to a lot of skaters about retirement and it's typically come with struggles of like, you know, finding yourself outside of sport. Um, So yeah, did you experience anything similar? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the retirement process has been extremely turbulent. Um, I think part of it is because I don't, I didn't set like a, okay, after nationals in 2020, I'm going to retire. I didn't set that, um, set that timeline for myself, um, which I know a lot of skaters do. They're like, okay, after, you know, the Olympic cycle, I'm done or something like that. I had actually decided with Danny that after 2022, we would be done. So um, it kind of came as a shock to me when after Skate America in 2020, I think that's when it was, um, Mm -hmm. he came up to me after the free skate and told me that he knew going into the competition that it was going to be his last competition. So that was, came as a shock to me. Yeah. Um, And we we still had to skate in the gala too. So I was, (laughs) I was devastated. I was, wow. I was like, it was yeah. Um, so I like spent the rest of, uh, the next like two days just hysterically crying in my room and we were that skate America was like COVID skate America. So we weren't actually like allowed to leave the bubble. So, um, I was just crying in my room for the next two days thinking about how my career was over. Um, 
but you know, I had to respect his decision and I understood that he, he no longer wanted to skate and wanted to move on with his life. Um, he later had a change of heart and continued on with his career. But, um, and initially I was like, okay, well, I wasn't going to, like, I was going to keep skating. So I'm going to do that too. I'm going to find a new partner, but, um, you know, finding a new partner at this level for a girl is a lot harder (laughs) than Mm -hmm. um, finding a new partner for a boy, just because at any period of time, there's like, you know, 10 girls to every two boys. And it was right before the Olympic season or right before the Olympics. So um, kind of all of the guys at my level were spoken for. Um, If I wanted to switch countries, it would have been two years before I could compete again. So kind of looking at all of those, those facts, it was kind of clear to me that I would either be training by myself, just, you know, staying in shape until I can get a new partner for a while, which sounded not very fun. (laughs) Or I could move on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had already had two major injuries um, and I was always dealing with like little small ones, like everyone does. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was really like a hard decision to make. Um, And I was at first, I was like, I'm just going to keep my options open, but I really didn't like the indecision and just like the, the idea of going into the rink every day and just training by myself. Mm -hmm. Because as I said, I don't like skating by myself. I don't like single skating. Yeah. So I decided to go into shows and kind of see where that takes me. And like, if I liked it, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out now is like Mm -hmm. figure out where my position is in the skating world and if there is a position for me or if I want to try to branch out of the skating world and find a place for myself out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah are you coaching as well or are you just uh doing shows I'm just doing shows currently um but I haven't like written that off Mm-hmm. I really love pairs as a discipline. So I would really like to start coaching pairs in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. I think what you're going through right now is very, very common, obviously, for so many athletes in general, not even just skaters. Um, but I remember when I had made the decision, it was easier in some ways than I thought it could be and a lot harder in some ways than I thought it could be uh, based off of I had my team around me that were encouraging me to stop the career um, if I wanted to and so there was no pressure outside um, for me to continue but then it was like the whole internal battle of like I've had this my entire life so how can I just let the safety net go essentially and like start something new like closing the door and walking through a new door was really scary because of the unknown. Right. And, but skating, I had already known forever. And so it was like, that's something to always fall back on. Um, but it wasn't until, I mean, shortly after I started podcasting. So I kind of tried to stay in the skating realm with this, which has been really fun. But yeah, as I like continued on over the last few years, it's really felt like I've been able to find my voice and my position in the skating world separate from being a competitor 
And that's so nice <laughs> because it's a lot more just about my knowledge in the sport and like what I can offer in terms of like working with others or performing still if I want to do shows. But um, all of the stress of skating is behind me. And with that stress of competing and getting results, it's also that um, value because I always felt like my success was really determined based off how I was competing and if I was on the podium and every opportunity I was going to get in the future was based off if I meddled. Um, and now I'm like, well, that's out the door. Now it's just me and my personality and whatever else I can bring to the table. And so it's been fun to kind of like navigate that world a lot. Um, yeah, it's it takes a lot of time, I have to say. I feel differently now than I felt even a year ago. And from there, a year ago before, completely super different mindset. Yeah, it's definitely different than I thought it would be. Um, mm. If you had asked me while I was still competing what I would be doing afterwards, I probably would answer differently than how I feel now. Um, and like I said, it's not the avenue I thought I would – How I didn't – this isn't how I thought my retirement would go. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I would kind of be able to write my own story a little more than I have been. I feel like retirement kind of happened to me rather than me being able to choose retirement. So mm -hmm. um, it's not how I wanted it to happen, but um, I'm trying to kind of take control of it now and and see what I like and what I don't like. And, um, you know, try out shows, try out coaching, figure out if I even want to be here. <laughs> And yeah you're meaning the skating world um, yeah yeah so um it's definitely it's a transitional period for me and I think um most skaters will find that um I think a lot of people choose to keep competing because like you said it's what they know mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to leave it mm -hmm. it's hard when you when you're suddenly without it, when you're so used to having your life so reg regimented and mm -hmm. having a coach tell you exactly what to do every day. And suddenly you're like, oh, I have to make these decisions. Yeah. It's weird. It's strange. I feel that. <laughs> so I'm trying to navigate that now. Yeah. I. It's especially hard, like you said, when you've been competing and then all of a sudden you're not because it feels like everybody that you've been, especially competing with or even competing alongside, not directly against, they're all still moving forward in that way. And then you've just been left behind. Um, that's how I felt. And so it was tough to get myself to visually like pivot and find how I could still keep up with that type of realm in a different way. Um, and when I did, I felt really, really at peace with it. Um, but the initial back and forth, like I would be watching people compete and be like, oh, like I could have been doing that right now or, um, yeah, something like just finding my purpose. It was really difficult because with skating, it was very clear and it was a long process and you only have what one nationals a year to really like solidify your progress for the season, mm -hmm. but without skating in that way, the structure was completely gone. And it was like, I can work towards my next goal, but I don't know what my goal is. Yeah. It's and really I don't know the steps. <laughs> it's really strange with with skating too, how you, you work in kind of four year increments. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm looking at the real world and I'm like, what are these people doing? What four year structure is there? 
so exactly it's it's so strange um like what what are the what are the what are the goals like yeah where are the clear grand prix in the year like I don't understand (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's like when you take the skating mindset and you remove the skating from it you're really like stuck in a tailspin of like confusion Mm -hmm. um and as far as like watching skating now I'm like looking at because right now, you know, the Russian skaters can't compete mm-hmm. and you're, you're looking at these kind of huge gaps in the skating world. And you're like, but if I was still competing, I could, like, yeah, you're like, just think I could be like, I could really be doing well. Like if we had only stayed around, like, so timing is everything like FOMO right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's so funny. Cause I, I obviously have those uh, thoughts occurrences as well. And it's, it's not so much that I like, I have no desire to go back into training and competing. Like I'm over it, but looking at the fields and the way that everything's going right now versus the way it was in that like 2014, 2016 time periods, it's vastly changed. And it's, I think, you know, there's always going to be like those what ifs and, you know, Oh, if only like, we had peaked five years later and not five years earlier, or, you know, whatever it's, it's all kind of ridiculous, but that's just life. <laughs> I was, when I was going to, into Grand Prix, I would look and be like, okay, so realistically, you know, this person's probably going to get first, second, third. Okay. Fourth. Okay. So maybe I could squeeze into fourth possibly, but now I'm looking and I'm like, so it's kind of wide open. It's wide open. Yeah, it's exactly. Wide open, which is great for those who are competing. But, you know, I, yeah, it's a lot of FOMO happening over here. But um, like I said, great for the current competitors. <laughs> they can have their moments. Um, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you want to still be involved in skating and not like put it away, I think. There's a lot of different avenues, whether it's, you know, doing seminars or shows or coaching um, or even like getting involved with different camps. Like I know U.S. figure skating is kind of doing more of those events now for kids, um, which is great. I always wish that they had more camps when I was younger. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's it's cool to like get involved in those ways now and kind of like use the accomplishment and the success you had in skating to be able to put yourself in those positions. So yeah, personally, I've really enjoyed that. And I've also found that I I do things outside of skating as well. I have uh, different jobs that I do uh, marketing wise for companies that it's kind of like the path that college took me. Um, but more and more so I, I kind of feel like way more aligned with the skating world based off of my like background knowledge in it and my interests and everything. So it's, it's cool to take these years and be able to figure out exactly what I like and, um, what goal I really want to set myself for, you know, 10 years down the line. So it's ever changing really, but I think it'll get clear as time goes on. Yeah. Like you said, it's a little fuzzy right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're in the zoom in right now. We're in that yeah. 0.5 or is that the zoom out lens? I don't know. I don't know these days. You know what? Apple changes every two seconds. So I just got a new phone. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> I love it. It's true. Well, as Apple changes, so will so will our goals and our so visions. We're ever changing. We're in a transitional phase. Good for Going us. Going with the flow. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I love it. 
Well, my last question for you is, uh, who were your skating role models and inspirations? Oh, geez. Um, (laughs) um, when I was really younger, I really loved Sasha Cohen. She was the best, uh, because she was such like a spitfire and she had amazing flexibility. It was Mm -hmm. also, I had a poster of Kimmy Meisner in my room. So every now and then she'll like slide up on my story on Instagram and I still, I'm like, (gasps) Kimmy Meisner. (laughs) But no, I really like her a lot. Um, Yeah. Such an inspiration um, with her triple axel. I loved Mm -hmm. Kimmy. Yeah. So I, yeah, I would say, I'd say both of them. Um, Are we just talking about when I was younger or like, they can be now too. They can be whenever. Um, this is a hard one because I feel like I actually, <laughs> you end up meeting a lot of them, which is weird. I know. Yeah, you know, it's super weird. Some of my like skating complete like icons as a child, I'm now friends with. Friends with, yeah. So it's it's kind of strange. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it ends up being a little weird. I would say like overall, Mao Asada was really is probably like my all-time I love Mao um mm-hmm. especially like when I actually did like tour with her she was amazing and just yeah. just so good and nice so yeah I love that fun answers I love hearing skaters from those days just because I feel like as I work with kids and as I talk to like kids who their favorite skaters are they're obviously all like very recent skaters within the last like four or five years um, so it's always nice to hear names like Mao and Kimmy. Well, it's almost hard to keep track nowadays. <laughs> I know. I feel like everyone phases out very quickly, which is yeah. sad, but um, I feel like right when I start to know and gravitate towards a certain skater, they almost phase out. Um, yeah. So it's, I try not to get too attached to any one skater now. Yeah. That's the name of the game these days. But uh, again, We'll see what it's like in another 10 years. Yeah, hopefully we see more longevity. I'd like that. Yeah, me too. Hopefully we'll get there again. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was so awesome. Loved Uh, all of your insight. Anytime. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.